And welcome back. Scott Mitchell with us. His website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com. We'll take your calls this hour as we talk about this incredible story. Scott, how did you get interested or involved in this? Well, I gotta, I've got to admit that um, there was a man in my church. I was looking into these things and thinking I was crazy, and I was the only one that thought this way. And there was a man in my church that brought me a book one day. He said, Pastor, this is my new favorite book. And it was called The Judgment of the Nephilim by Ryan Peterson. I think he's been on your show as well. Yeah. And when I read that book, I was like, wow, there's somebody else out there that thinks like I do. I thought I was crazy about the giants and all this stuff. And come to find out, he's been one of our one of our best guests uh, <clears throat> and most popular guests. In fact, we just had a, um, a summit conference, our first annual debriefing 2023. And Ryan was our keynote speaker. So uh, check him out if you haven't done so. And um, that book, and he's got another one called The Final Nephilim that covers a lot of this as well. But uh, I got I to gotta give him credit for really steering my thinking more towards this. But I've been looking into the Bible for many, many, many years and seeing that there was something different than religion was teaching. Uh, and orthodoxy is kind of covering up a lot of this stuff. Even modern Christian churches today, they don't want to talk about this. They don't want to talk about the spiritual realm. <laughs> I think they're they're going to be part of the deception if they're not careful. All right. Did you escape the bad weather in Texas today? You okay? You know, it is a dark and stormy night here in Seguin, Texas, so we've had some lightning and rain. I kept praying, okay, please don't let the power go out. <laughs> That's right, or knock your phone out or anything like that. <laughs> exactly. Let's go to the phones. Speaking of phones, let's go to Joe in the Bronx to get us started. Hey, Joseph, go ahead. Hey, George, how are you? All well. Good, good. Uh, Scott, yeah, I want to ask you what you think of the Pope in Rome, and what role do you think he will factor in in the end times? You know, that's a fascinating question, Joe. I do think the current pope is probably in on the deception. And never mind the history of the of the of the Catholic system and, and the, the ups and downs it's gone through, like many, many faiths. But um I I'm aware that they're actually preparing uh I've heard some statements that came out of the news where they were saying they're they will baptize aliens. You know. Jeez. And Hey, George, are you familiar with that? I, I think uh, that's that's been news, and I, I believe that there's even a, a whole there's a, some segment of the of the Vatican hierarchy that is actually doing research into the aliens and how they're going to prepare the people for it. So I suspect they're going to be part of the deception. I think all of the major religions leaders are going to be uh, involved in acknowledging that these aliens are our actual space brothers or something like that and they'll they'll be used as part of the deception so could could the pope himself be one of the nephilim i don't know but uh it's a very good chance how did this all start scott did uh satan say let's hide and become aliens and trick them i mean how did it happen well it happened back when i mentioned that passage of the prediction of the seed of the woman uh, all the dragon knew was that there was going to be a seed of the woman that would crush his head. So he was trying to corrupt the human genome so that it could never be born. Uh, because obviously, if it's if it's going to be a seed of the woman, it's going to be human. Well, uh, that was the reason for the incursion of angels in Genesis 6. Then it was to 
that that failed because God had uh, the flood to destroy them. So Satan had a counter move, and the next thing you know, giants were proliferating in the land of Canaan, and God used the children of Israel to eradicate them. Then, moving forward, when Christ was conceived and born of Mary, the Satan himself tried to convince him to, you know, doubt all of that or, or to, to – and then they thought, well, if I kill him, then I can stop him from defeating me. Well, he didn't know that through the death of Jesus Christ, victory would be achieved by the Lord. Uh, he had no idea that through Jesus Christ, eternal life could be offered. Now it's a matter of they're trying to build this army. They're preparing for that final stage, that final battle. And to me, the alien abduction is part of that hybridization program to create both a Nephilim army as well as to aid in the deception to bring humanity to its knees through leaders like perhaps the Pope and the World Economic Forum and our current group of morons in Washington. Scott, do they realize they're going to lose this battle with us? I think about that a lot, George. I think they actually believe, I think Satan believes he can win. I think he actually is so arrogant that he thinks that the created being can defeat the creator. Otherwise, why would he try? You know, I think when he's going to be cast down in this angelic war, he's going to realize that he has short time left. And the Bible even says so in Revelation that he, he has great wrath because he knows he has little time left. So I think it's not sunk into him yet how far defeated he is. It's that much hubris. And when you think about the arrogance of the powerful, they're just patterns of the same thing. Next up, east of the Rockies, Cynthia's with us, East Hampton, Massachusetts. Hello, Cynthia. Cynthia, are you there? Mary in New Jersey. Let's go to you. Hi, Mary. Hello. Um, Scott, did you mention the name of your church? Well, I'm no longer the pastor of that church. Uh, that church was called Grace Family Bible Church in Seguin, Texas. And mm -hmm. I basically retired from being a pastor to focus my attention on the podcast and reaching, reaching out to people. Uh, you know, we were a, such a small city. We were a very small congregation on a good Sunday, 30 people, you mm -hmm. know. And I have a now, question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Um, did you ever focus, this is the book of Revelation, on chapter 4, where John, the door opens and John is um, peering into heaven? Mm -hmm. Did you ever... Did you ever focus a lot time on that? Oh yeah, I've I've dealt with that quite a bit in in the podcast and uh when when John is caught up to the third heaven to see these things he writes from the throne room of God. He's literally in front of the throne of God as he writes to talk about, you know, he sees the 24 elders, the four living creatures and the myriad of angels that are there. <laughs> what do you think Scott of end times prophecy? Well, that's exactly what we're talking about here, where Mary's question was directed at Revelation 4. What, um, and, and I've got a new take on this, because I think that what's happening in that scene that Mary's des describing, there is, um, there's a scene where there's a book in the hand of God, and it's sealed with seven seals. And most of Christianity would argue that all of that's future— that the Lamb of God prevails to open the seals of the book, and when he does, 
the first thing is behold a pale you know a white horse and then there's the pale horse and the red horse and most people are familiar with the horses of the apocalypse i've got a new view of that now from some brothers that i mentioned tonight and i i think that jesus christ when he ascended up from the dead to the throne of the father that began the opening of those seals and the first five seals have been opened and the sixth seal is the is the the next one in the series and that entire amount of time for 2000 years was what Jesus referred to as the beginning of sorrows wars and rumors of wars earthquakes in diverse places and on and on and I, they seem to match those four horsemen of the apocalypse throughout this time the fifth seal or rather the sixth seal is going to be the giant earthquake that moves all the mountains out of its place and the bible describes the earth as shifting from the uh, uh, turning upside down and it shall reel to and fro like a drunkard. So all these people that are worried about global warming have no idea what's coming because this is going to be global cataclysm like the flood of Noah. West of the Rockies, McKinley's with us in uh, Placer County, California. Welcome to the show. Hi, McKinley. George, thank, thanks for taking the call. Thank you. Uh, by the way, the mention of the third, of being caught up to the third heaven helps to underscore why the Bible mentions that, there, in fact, even in the days of Solomon, he mentioned about the heaven of the heavens, plural, that there are many different heavens. And so any, the, the, the love of the real God is not so uh, reprehensible that a third of creatures throughout all of the heavens would uh, would rebel against him. So we're talking about a very local event in a very local local heaven, uh, because you know scientists even recently, uh, only within the past hundred years, have discovered that there are billions billions of galaxies throughout the universe, even as there are billions of solar systems within the Milky Way. I mean, and that's been demonstrated with uh, just through more powerful telescopes. So, um, so what, what I think we can accurately refer to as fallen angels, they are local. It's, it was a very local incident. It, it, it's not in, all, in every heaven that exists including the third heaven that uh, Paul mentioned there. All right, let's get Scott's reaction to that, Scott. Yeah, I definitely agree with the caller about the the vastness of the universe and the myriad of of galaxies and stars. Um, Where I may take a different approach on this is the third heaven is the only one. I only see three heavens. I don't consider these other galaxies and star systems other heavens. That's part of the universe that God created, and the reason it's so vast is because of eternity. We're going to live forever with the Lord, and we're never going to stop exploring, discovering, creating, inventing, composing, writing, whatever, all of that uh, for the glory of God. But the, the he- in the beginning, it says God created the heaven and the earth, singular. So he's right in that it was a local thing, but it had an impact on the entire creation. That singular heaven was in tandem with the earth. There was no separation. It was after that rebellion of those angels that God created the third and the second heaven. And that third heaven is literally where the throne of God is. And directly beneath it is a frozen sea of glass that separates the tainted universe the the sin-corrupted creation 
from where God is in his holy presence, there's no sin. So everything from the second on down, the second what I would consider to be the galaxies, the outer space, and the first heaven would be our atmosphere. So I, I would I would agree partly with the listener, and then partly I would take a different approach on that. Scott, this puts a new twist to biblical studies, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, I don't think they teach this in seminary. No. No. Or catechism classes. <laughs> That's right. Cornelius in Louisiana. Hello there, Cornelius. How are you? Hey there, George and Scott. The storm's over here now, Scott. It's light. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry I sent it your way. <laughs> Yeah, you sent it our way. Uh, you know, George, you get the best guest on. Yes, we and do. Just, I've got the best staff that finds these great oh, guests. Yeah. Amen so to that. Donna, the call screener, because you gave Tommy off. It was his birthday. So I, I talked to Tommy on his birthday. But, um, they, Scott, they call me the God, Guns, and Gold Man, the Bible Bullets and Beans Man. And I know we're in the end times. And my uh, thing is this, um, a lot of these preachers are trying to preach this rapture, and I used to believe in the rapture and all like that, but you can see now that there's not going to be a rescue from above, and do you believe in the rapture or not, and do you believe, I believe this artificial intelligence is antichrist intelligence and stuff, and do you believe that... uh Elon Musk, he wants to hook us all up to the Internet and stuff. And um, so that's my question. God bless you, George and Scott, and God bless Coast to Coast AM. Very welcome. Go ahead, Scott. Thank you for that, yeah. Um, I don't know where I stand on Elon Musk. I'm a little um, – the jury's out for me. A little hesitant there, huh? Yeah, he's saying some good things, but then the the and he's warning about AI. But but the the caller is is right about AI. I think there's something very satanic about it, or it will be used for that purpose, uh, and be part of the deception, part of the uh, attempt to grant eternal life to these oligarchs. Um, where I stand on the rapture is I do believe in it, and the reason why is because the Bible in multiple places says we have been delivered from the wrath to come. And there's a particular passage in Second Thessalonians that says that the Antichrist himself, who, who Paul refers to as the man of sin, will not be revealed until that which withholdeth is taken out of the way. And we believe that is the church. The, the, the body of Christ in the world today is the thing that has to be removed before God's wrath can fall. And I believe there's going to be a disappearance of a bunch of people. It's going to be explained away through some sort of an alien deception phenomenon, like we had to take them out of the way because they were hindering your development, you know, the evolution of man. And also because um, when you think about it, nations, if they're going to go to war, you don't launch the missiles until you get your ambassadors out first. And we are called the ambassadors for Christ. Next up, first-time caller, Blaze in Texas. Hey, Blaze, go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank morning. you for taking my call, George. Um, Pastor Mitchell, well, you just extinguished a spark that appeared tonight when you answered uh, Cynthia's question because I had thought that finally I found a church that I could go to. <laughs> oh, no, I'm so sorry to hear that. Well, you know, our website, UTB Now, Sylvia, is um, – is uh, I, I still preach Sunday morning messages every week, 
and it's a free app you can download, the Unlock the Bible Now app. My podcast is BibleMysteriesPodcast.com. But the the uh, the more evangelical type preaching that I do uh, for Sunday morning is is available to anybody for free. Wonderful. Well, the other question I had was uh, in this conflagration that is on the horizon, um, the the demonically possessed or the the people on Earth that have a demonic attachment to them. Um, I guess they will be comprising part of the army of, of Satan, a Moloch. Anybody who brings up Moloch in, in, in biblical preaching, I, you got my attention. So uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I did spend uh, quite a bit of time in early, much earlier years in another lifetime in D.C. And- will these be Satan's soldiers? Yeah, I, I'm almost certain of that. because, And you know what's interesting? These individuals that take the mark of the beast— that's not just a tattoo. That's going to genetically alter them, um, which is why the, there's literally an angel that flies through the heavens in Revelation 14 that says, don't take the mark, because if you do, you'll be cast into the lake of fire. And uh, even before that, there's a specific plague that falls upon mankind that has taken the mark that specifically targets them. And that's a genetic component. So people think it's just a monetary system. It's this. It's a Visa card. It's a, it's a microchip and all that stuff. And that may all be part of the coming deception and, and the economic system that people like Klaus Schwab want to put in place. But in reality, the mark of the beast is going to genetically alter a human being into being an actual hybrid human being, and they could not be redeemed once they take that mark. And yes, demonic entities are going to be involved in that and comprise. I think they're fighting the final battle in in host bodies or in human bodies, whatever they are. You've got a couple videos on YouTube, don't you? Yes, uh, almost all of our videos that we, um, all of our podcast videos and my Sunday morning messages are on YouTube. We're on um, uh, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you, you can find all of that at, uh, at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com, all the links to those things. And, uh, and we even have a premium subscription service for those that want extra bonus content. There's a forum you can engage in, and we'll answer questions directly. And, uh, you know, there's, um, when we do guest interviews, you get the whole interview. Uh, I do a newsletter every month. Uh, there, there's a lot of bonus content we're providing those that want to support this. All right, Scott, we're going to come back and take final calls with you in just a moment on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie back with final calls with Scott Mitchell as we talk about fallen angels and aliens and who they may be. Fascinating discussion, Scotty. I am. I'm enjoying it very much. Next up, let's go to John in Mendocino, California. Hello, John. Thanks for holding. Go ahead. Thanks, George. Uh, uh, thanks for this conversation. Yeah, um, you know, I shot straight out of bed when you talked about, uh, Scott, when you talked about your um, uh, dream or whatever it was when you were a kid. Um, I'm 60 years old also, and I had the identical um, uh, experience uh, waking Jeez. Uh, waking up sort of frozen uh, an entity yeah. at the end of the hall and uh, looking like a big mantis before, you know, that was even in vocabulary of the UFO experience at the time. 
Um, and this is the wow. first time in 50 years that I've heard anybody talk about it um, identically. Uh, do, can you tell me maybe what you think about that experience, what that was, uh, an abduction that I don't remember or, or that we don't remember or, um, you know, some sort of visitation or, or um, could you, any, enlight, any enlightenment on that? Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that, John. I, I know that's uh, it, it's a horrifying experience because you've lived it too, so you know. And the mantis thing is interesting. Uh, that that tells me, uh, George, that, that that's lended itself to a potential abduction, because in many abduction cases we we hear of greys doing some of the work and being supervised by insectoline type uh, entities. I'm not sure what those are. Uh, so it, it almost sounds like John is describing what could have been yes. an abduction experience, and it would be interesting to, to talk and know if he had multiple. You know, we interviewed uh, uh, a lady named Karen Wilkinson on our show uh, just a few episodes ago, and she was abducted multiple times since childhood and, in fact, uh, conceived three hybrid children through this abduction program, and all were taken away before three months. Uh, our listeners may want to uh, check that out. Um, that interview is called Taken, that episode. <clears throat> but I, I am going to have a guest on shortly, uh, Lord willing, that is actually an expert in sleep paralysis. And I'm not going to reveal the name yet or, or the book or anything until I know um, I, I've reached them and gotten in touch, contact with them. But we're going to do an episode on sleep paralysis, and we're going to try to dive, uh, do a deep dive into that. And w- how does that maybe connect to the Bible? Are they are they medical or different than that? I, I mean, obviously, you could certainly have um, medical or, or even mental health issues involving this. That's a possibility. But I'm starting to wonder how much mental health is being mis- misdiagnosed for demonic control. So, um, you know, obviously that would fly in the face of medical science, but uh, th- that was, uh, you know, people in the Bible that were possessed with demons were called lunatic in some instances. And that's not to make light of mental health issues, but they literally use that term to describe somebody that acted so crazy that they believed they were demon-possessed, and it very well could have been that was the catalyst or that was the the entity that was disturbing or oppressing an individual. I, I think sleep paralysis is very much probably a similar thing. Uh, adults, I'm meeting people all over that have testimonies of being plagued by entities, uh, all manner of things that they see on their bed. They wake up in the middle of the night. Um, They've encountered uh, aliens on psychedelic trips uh, using mushrooms. Uh, we did an interview with Kara Mosher, who also has a, a, a podcast and, and uh, Instagram channels and things like that. And she was steeped into the New Age thing, deception with um, psychedelics. And she was, in, she was actually speaking to aliens and ascended masters and these, these entities. So there, you can open portals, uh, and I believe the, the generational curse and other type of occult activity or even maybe some pharmaceuticals are opening up portals for these entities. Let's go next to Eddie, International Line, out there in Ontario, Canada. Eddie, welcome to the show. Go ahead. Oh, great. Hi, George. Hi, Hi. Scott. Hi, How Eddie. are you guys doing tonight? Hi, Good. Hope you are, too. Oh, great. And uh, I have uh, a little uh, bit of information given to me from uh, clairvoyance I had uh, in 2006. And uh, I gave up hate, fear, and jealousy for love, bravery, and generosity. 
which the Holy Spirit told me to do. And I'm wondering if it has a connection with the spaceship I saw in 1977. (laughs) But anyways, no, that is the message. Forget about hate, jealousy, fear, and trade it for love, generosity, and bravery, and we'll have a better world. We will. You can't beat that, Scott. No, that's that's great advice, and I appreciate it, Eddie. And you you said something that triggered a thought to me. You know, you said that you changed your thinking to uh, to love and bravery uh, after an encounter with a UFO. And that reminds me that you know, who's to say that some of these vehicles are not God's angels? Uh, in fact, there's a testimony of a man named Gary Stearman who heads uh, an organization called Prophecy Watchers. And if I'm I'm telling the story poorly, but I know that at one point he's a pilot and he was flying an aircraft somewhere to West Texas when something went wrong and the instrumentation failed and it looked like he was going to have to immediately land and not get to his destination. And as he was going through the mechanisms of trying to figure out where is the closest airport, he heard a voice in his head say, if you look to your left, you'll see a UFO. And sure enough, he looks over to the left out of the cockpit and sees a flying craft. And the next thing he knows, he's hundreds of miles away about to approach his destination that he intended to go to all along. And he believes for all the world that this was an angel of God protecting him and helping him. And so maybe some of these entities are good, but they're not interacting with men in the same way. They're not being deceptive or lying or conducting experiments. That would be the help that they're giving us, and that would match what the Bible says in Hebrews, that be sure to entertain strangers for some have entertained angels unawares. On the wild card line, James in Newport News, Virginia. Hello, James. Go ahead. Hey, George. Hey, Scott. Hey, it's a very blessed, uh, very blessed show. Um, I thank the Holy Trinity for allowing me to call Perfect. and get through. Um, I have a book, and I, and I appreciate. I asked the Holy Spirit to help me write the book some time ago now, a few years back, and so I, 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 I always have to say. Uh, I can't say I'm the author, you know, because I, I'm like a, I'm like a nothing compared to the Holy Spirit. But George, let me say before it's blessed. It's called blessed with an angel and a rainbow. And I called my oldest brother before I. Uh, he's a Christian. I called him before I wrote the book to see if he had any objection, and he said he wouldn't have any objection. And he, I don't think he really thought much about it. But when I went into the house after being outside, I, I thought, well, what, my brother. Once says it's okay, but what does God think? And within about 15 minutes of calling him, I got a call from Wispo Press saying, "Are you writing? Are you contemplating writing or writing any Christian books at this time?" So I contacted them two years and a month before, just a general question, and I got that call. And I thought, okay, that's a sign that I better do the book. I can do the book. I should do it. And then when the book came out, I checked my printer when I went to print. The number of pages came out to be 316, like John 316. And then when I went to the author picture with my silly-looking face like Mark Twain with, a, with an Australian hat on on a porch, above me, I didn't notice, but they said, send another picture. We didn't really have your the picture you sent in. Well, the MBI, which is the movie camera, that uh, I took a JPG picture of me out of the movie camera film, and every one of those movie camera films started with 316. Uh, so I got 316 above me standing on the porch. That's the true author, you know. And this book's about my supernatural experiences, a few, but it's about putting on the armor of God like you started with, Scott, tonight. 
you people need to get into the revelation and understand it because this is really going to be serious stuff. And if they don't have any explanation in their mind of why we're here and what we're being and we're we're being judged, and this is a test. If they don't understand that, then then they're they're going to be so puzzled, they're going to be so depressed, they're not going to know what to their lives will be meaningless when really their lives are tremendously important. To and it's this is the test. It's mentioned in the faithful church in Revelation 3. You're, you're right about that. Scott, should we be afraid of Revelation? I, we really shouldn't. As, as believers, we should be rejoicing that we're this close to that time, because we're about to see the Lord return and restore <clears throat> all righteousness to the earth. Um, but, of course, before that is the darkness, and that's, that's where we're headed right now. But the Christians should have no fears there because the Lord does not abandon us. You know, we've got a Savior that's greater than, the, than, the, than Satan, uh, and the power that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. Uh, so we should be thankful and, and, if anything, compelled to reach people with as much of this truth as we can to get people to see what, what's going on. And, and believe it or not, the churches need this too because churches are steeped in whatever they're doing, and they're kind of ignoring this. And and the Bible even says that if it were possible, that this deception would deceive the very elect. So we we want to make sure that we can get as many people to come to this understanding and accept Christ before it's too late. This battle that's underway, how do we know the good will win? Well, we know because the Word of God says it does. And we, we have to believe that's true, otherwise the Bible's not worth the paper it's written on. If God isn't who he says he is, then he's not worthy of our worship. And maybe none of this is true. Maybe it's just a bunch of aliens, and they're about to either invade and take over the planet or exterminate us because we're just bugs to them. And I, I can't bring myself to believe that that would be the case. There's too much evidence in, in creation that points to a creator you know, the Bible says in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. And even Jesus says, when you see these things come to pass, look up, for then your salvation draweth nigh. And it's interesting he says, look up. I mean, that's where all this activity is happening, in the skies. And I realize there's deep underground military bases. I realize there's collusion with dark uh, budget government ops and things like that. I'm, I'm well aware of the, the inner earth things and what's going on there too. But ultimately, the battle is going to be in heaven brought down to the earth, and the Lord himself is going to return from heaven to the earth. Let's hope that we win. Scott, thank you for being on the program. We've got your website linked up at coasttocoastam.com. He's also got biblemysteriespodcast.com, where you can hear his regular podcast. Well, as I mentioned, in most time zones, it's already St. Patrick's Day. Uh, you don't have to be Irish to appreciate it, to be sure. It's uh, not St. Patty's Day quite yet in Hawaii, but it will be very soon. But For Dan Galanti, Donna Walker, Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean Ladasor, Stephanie Smith, Chris Burroughs, Tim Banal, George Napanee, and Punnett, I'm George Norrie. Somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM, we'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.